Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 203. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. The average person spends $18,000 a year on non-essentials, but only $3,600 a year on personal development. Our mind is our most powerful tool. It's time to start investing in it. Learn exactly how to change what you think, believe, and feel, and get past self-limiting beliefs that may have been holding you back for years. Start investing in your most valuable asset, your mind. Join 143 other students that have already pre-enrolled in my Mindset Bootcamp course. Click the link in the show notes to pre-enroll today. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. The greatest struggle we face is always within ourselves. This is why we need to build self-discipline. Self-discipline is one of the most important and useful skills everyone should possess. It is an essential and useful skill in every area of our lives. One of the main characteristics of self-discipline is the ability to resist instant and immediate gratification and pleasure in favor of some greater gain or more satisfying results, even if this requires effort and time. Even though most people acknowledge the importance of self-discipline, few do something to strengthen it. Self-discipline does not mean that we need to be harsh on ourselves or live a limited or restrictive lifestyle. So how do we build self-discipline? What are some practices that we can implement in our daily lives? Number one, know your strengths and weaknesses. Self-awareness 
is very important for comfort zone expansion. Knowing our strengths and our weaknesses gives us a better understanding of ourselves and how we best operate. And there's something that I want to make clear here. Our weaknesses are not our downfall. These are areas we need to improve on. It's not something that we lack. It is something we need to develop and build. And in some cases, areas where we can use the art of delegation. So how do we identify our strengths? These are things that come very easily to us. Now, this may not sit on the surface of our mind, so take some time and think about what comes naturally for you. Understanding our strengths keeps us ahead in a lot of things. For instance, if you're looking at a career career options or starting a business, you'd be able to narrow down specific job scopes or industries to start a business based on the things that you know you're good at already. It also helps us to grow even more. Knowing what we can excel at enables us to aim higher and achieve more. On the other side of this sits our weaknesses. Our weaknesses hold us back from achieving many great things. Weaknesses are areas that we have the power to improve. It can be anything ranging from professional to social skills. Knowing our weaknesses gives us an opportunity to understand the things that may be holding us back. And when we understand this, we can then work around finding ways to not let our weaknesses pull us behind. Now, you may be asking yourself, should I focus on my strengths or work on my weaknesses? In my opinion, it's better to work on your strengths. And here's why. When we focus on our strengths, we're focusing on the things we're already good at doing. So we don't need to invest the extreme level of effort it would take to overcome our weaknesses, which means that we get to enhance our strengths at a rate much faster than if we tried to focus on our weaknesses. But there's also another reason. When we focus on our strengths, we're seeking opportunities instead of problems, Whereas focusing on the things that we're weak at decreases our self-confidence, our enthusiasm, and overall performance. Number two, remove temptations. This is part of that simple and strong mantra, out of sight, out of mind. By simply removing the biggest temptations from our environment, we greatly improve our self-discipline. Just as friction causes us in some cases to avoid goals or delay action, we can use that same concept to work in our favor. The idea is that we create barriers around our bad habits, so we're less likely to fall victim to that particular habit. For example, if you want to eat healthy, dump the junk food in the trash. If you want to spend less time watching TV, unplug the TV. If you want to spend less time distracted by your phone while working on projects, remove it from the room or your office. 
James Clear wrote a book that he's become a top five book of mine called Atomic Habits. And within this book, he highlights a structure that is extremely effective to break a bad habit. This process breaks into four laws. Law number one, make it invisible. This means that we reduce exposure, removing the cues of our bad habits from our environment. Law number two, make it unattractive. This means that we reframe our mindset by highlighting the benefits of avoiding our bad habits. Law number three, make it difficult. This is about increasing friction, which means increasing the number of steps between us and our bad habits, similar to the unplugging of the TV example that I provided. And law number four, make it unsatisfying. Get an accountability partner, ask someone to watch your behavior, create a habit contract, make the cost of your bad habits public and painful. Number three, set clear goals and have an execution plan. To be self-disciplined, we need to have a clear vision of what we hope to accomplish. We need to understand what success means to us. If we don't know where we're going, it's very easy to lose our way or get sidetracked with all of the other distractions in our world. And whatever that definition is, we then need to prioritize that. A reminder, when everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. Self-discipline is the only power which can keep us energized even in the toughest of circumstances. A clear plan outlines each time-bound step we need to take to reach our goals. So, how can we set these clear goals and plans? We need to be clear and specific with what we want to achieve. We can't just say that we want to get fit or healthy. We need to be specific. I want to run a mile in six minutes. I want to lose 13 pounds. We need to make it a clear goal that we can measure. We need to break the goal down into steps, allowing us to set smaller goals to reach throughout the year and reward ourselves with something when we reach them. We need to track our progress because when we do, we feel good about ourselves because we see our improvements. A little bonus, create a mantra to keep yourself focused. Our minds are full of noise, largely repetitive, useless, and thoughts that are on replay much of the time. A mantra can slice through those thoughts in any moment, especially when you craft one that is meaningful just for you. Successful people use this technique to stay on track, emotionally connect to their mission, and establish a clear finish line. Number four, practice daily diligence. First, let's define what diligence means. It's the ability to work hard, carefully with focus and persistence, beating all distractions. And the icing on this is the enthusiasm. This surrounds the quality of diligence. And the reason as to why diligence is so key 
is because those that master the habit of working diligently can work productively and effectively, which means those that master it are running like a well-oiled machine. And let's be clear here, being busy or working long hours doesn't qualify as diligent. When we're truly a diligent person, we put our heart and soul into work and take consistent action towards our goals. So what are some of the traits to identify if you're a diligent person or looking to become one? Purposeful, detail-oriented, energetic, hardworking, persistent, manage your schedule well, good time management. Discipline is a learned behavior. It requires daily practice and repetition until it becomes a habit. So then the question remains, how do we become diligent? We need to create a burning desire to achieve our goals. This is when we love our work. We enjoy what we do. So therefore, we're involved. We need to commit to what we do. Meaning, we commit to our goals, which makes our success seem real. As soon as we make these commitments, we put our best efforts forward to accomplish them. And lastly, we need to trigger our flow state. This means we are patient and ideally give ourselves two to three tasks and are not preoccupied with limited time or a looming deadline. When this isn't the case, it's easy to get overwhelmed and lose sight of the big picture. We need to realize the importance of high-quality work and how far it can take us in life. This is about quality, not quantity. Number five, create new habits and rituals. Because creating new habits and rituals can seem intimidating and daunting, we need to focus on keeping them simple. If not, we tend to focus on the entire task or goal rather than the smaller components of the task or goal, which inevitably leads to accomplishing them. We need to break our goals or tasks into small, simple steps, which allows us to focus on the components themselves rather than the entire thing which means we are giving our undivided attention to that section of the task or goals, leading us to master that self-discipline with that goal in mind. So let's look at an example. Let's say that you're trying to achieve a better sleep habit. And let's say that you normally wake up at 7 a.m. and you want to start waking up at 6 a.m. You wouldn't immediately try to wake up at 6 a.m. You'd start by waking up 10 minutes earlier, then maybe 15 minutes earlier, then maybe 25 minutes earlier, and so on. The idea is that we master those micro changes and goals before we merely jump trying to achieve the entire goal or habit, trying to change everything at once will be very, very overwhelming. And more importantly, it will be more complex to narrow which changed variable was the key to that change, whether small or large. And a little bonus here, we need to frequently check our progress. 
things not only can compound in a positive way, but they also can compound in a negative direction if we're not quick to address the habit or ritual. Eventually, when our mindset and behavior starts to shift, this is when we can add more goals to our list. Number six, change your perception about willpower. We need to truly believe that we have a strong willpower. This helps to ensure that we ultimately win. Because if we believe that we have limited willpower, we end up struggling to surpass those limits. Think about the events that transpire after we think negatively. When we think that we can't achieve something, when we think that we are not capable of achieving When we think we are not going to succeed, the actions that follow these thoughts are normally not positive outcomes. They are outcomes that are influenced partially by our thinking. So if the outcome is tied to our thinking, then why would we limit ourselves this way? Because this is a natural state for most people. When we embrace the mindset of unlimited willpower, it helps us grow and achieve more. Our internal conceptions about willpower and self-control can determine how disciplined we are, how much we achieve, and what, and to what extent. When we embrace the mindset of unlimited willpower, we develop mental toughness, which helps to ensure that we can endure. When we are able to shift our internal thinking, about willpower and self-control, we are turning the dial that determines how disciplined we are. If we can remove those subconscious obstacles and truly believe that we can do it, then we will give ourselves that extra boost of motivation towards making those goals a reality. Number seven, forgive yourself and move forward. There will always be a time that we fail, even when we do things with the best intentions and execute on what we truly believe to be the best plan. It's all part of life. It's all part of the journey. We stumble. The key is that we find the root cause, and we can accomplish this by asking ourselves the five whys. Whenever you're facing a problem, ask what may have contributed to the current results. Then continue asking five times or until you reach the root cause. So here's an example, specifically a business example, but nonetheless, this can be used in our everyday lives. Let's say a machine stops working on an assembly line. The first question would be, why did the machine stop working? Because a bearing stopped rotating. Okay, second question, why did the bearing stop rotating? Because it wasn't lubricated. Third, why? Why wasn't the bearing lubricated? Because an employee failed to lubricate the bearing. Fourth, why? Why did an employee not lubricate the bearing? Because he was not trained to do so. And the fifth, why? Why was the employee not trained? Because their manager failed to show up on training day. This process allows us to get to the root cause of an issue. We could have easily stopped at the first or second why, 
but neither of those things would have helped us address the core issue. In this case, a manager failing to train employees. Again, this process can work beautifully for our personal lives. The premise remains the same. The idea is that we learn from our missteps by analyzing things on a deeper level. Now, the point is not to harass ourselves throughout this discovery. The intention is that we learn from concrete evidence and we forgive ourselves. The issue is that too often we stop at those surface level reasons, which then convinces us that those are the real issues. This process also does something very interesting. Because we spend the time digging and digging, we realize that these core issues are not so easy to find at a glance. By digging into this process, we learn. We start to feel proud of ourselves for wearing that detective hat. And by going through this investigative process, we realize, wow, this was quite a discovery. And we give ourselves some grace, allowing us to forgive ourselves, learn, and let go of the mistake, and even move forward. So, to recap, Number one, know your strengths and weaknesses. Knowing what we can excel at enables us to aim higher and achieve much more. When we focus on our strengths, we're focusing on the things we're already good at doing. So we don't need to invest the extreme level of effort it would take to overcome our weaknesses, which means that we get to enhance our strengths at a rate much faster than if we tried to focus on our weaknesses. When we focus on our strengths, we're seeking opportunities instead of problems. Whereas focusing on the things that we're weak at decreases our self-confidence, our enthusiasm, and overall performance. Number two, remove temptations. This is part of the simple and strong mantra, out of sight, out of mind. By simply removing the biggest temptations from our environment, we greatly improve our self-discipline. Leverage the four laws of breaking bad habits. Law one, make it invisible. Law two, make it unattractive. Law three, make it difficult. Law four, make it unsatisfying. Number three, set clear goals and have an execution plan. To be self-disciplined, we need to have a clear vision of what we hope to accomplish. We need to understand what success means to us. And whatever that definition is, we then need to prioritize that. Self-discipline is the only power which can keep us energized even in the toughest of circumstances. Number four, practice daily diligence. Those that master the habit of working diligently can work productively and effectively. Being busy or working long hours doesn't qualify as diligent. When we're truly a diligent person, we put our heart and soul into work and take consistent action towards our goals. We need to create a burning desire to achieve our goals, commit to what we do and trigger our flow state. This is about quality, not quantity. Number five, create new habits and rituals. 
because creating new habits and rituals can seem intimidating and daunting, we need to focus on keeping them simple. We need to break our goals into tasks into smaller steps, which allows us to focus on the components themselves rather than the entire thing. The idea is that we master those micro changes and goals before we merely jump, trying to achieve the entire goal or habit. Eventually, when our mindset and behavior starts to shift, this is when we can add more goals to the list. Number six, change your perception about willpower. We need to truly believe that we have a strong willpower. This helps to ensure that we ultimately win. When we embrace the mindset of unlimited willpower, it helps us grow and achieve more. Our internal conception about willpower and self-control can determine how disciplined we are. When we are able to shift our internal thinking about willpower and self-control, we are turning the dial that determines how disciplined we are. And number seven, forgive yourself and move forward. There will always be times that we fail. Even when we do things with the best intentions and execute on what we truly believe to be the best plan. So, ask yourself the five whys. Whenever you're facing a problem, ask what may have contributed to the current results. Then, continuing asking yourself five times or until you reach the root cause. This allows us to forgive ourselves to learn and let go of the mistakes and move forward. This week's shout out is by Kristen who sent me a DM on Instagram. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you. I've been working at the same office job for the past four years. There's no room to move up and I'm not happy. Recently, I stumbled upon a web development course and decided to jump in. Working full-time classes and learning a new skill is hard, but whenever I feel a bit overwhelmed or right before class, I like to listen to an episode of your podcast. It reminds me that just doing something outside of my comfort zone is doing a lot more than most people. It also reminds me I'm not alone in my struggles, but if I keep pushing my life, we'll just continue to improve. So thank you, Scott. For an opportunity to be next week's shout out, please leave an honest review on the podcast. Send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. You just might be the next shout out. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into seven habits to build self-discipline. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at the motivated mind podcast. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a legacy division.